The other day, I was walking along the beach, a beautiful beach. The waves were crashing. The sun was shining. There were seagulls. There were little crabs running back and forth from the from the shore break, burrowing themselves into the sand. And I come to this cliffside, and I see something, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I approach, and I get a little bit closer, and something is sticking out of, of the earth. So I, I investigate. I grab my shovel and my little pick, and I start chipping away at it. Pink, 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 pink. And I start carefully removing little little rocks, little barnacles. And guess what it was? It was a dinosaur bone, a big-ass velociraptor thigh. And that's how I discovered the first dinosaur fossil. Facts! Truth! That happened. You're welcome, paleontology industry. Well, that might not be true. But did you know that the first female paleontologist is a woman named Mary Anning? She was born... In the 1800s, and um, I'm pretty sure you've heard the little nursery rhyme tongue twister, Sally sells she seashells by the seashore. Try to say that five times fast. Sally sells sea seashells by the seashore. I can't even get through it once. But if you can, hey, then you are a cunning linguist. But anyways, back to Mary Anning. She had a little cautionary tale. This isn't going to be the main topic of, of this episode, but, yeah, a little anecdote about the first female paleontologist. Turns out to be a sad story. So, Mary Anning, born in the 1800s in the United Kingdom, her and her father were born into poverty, so much so that the father used to go, uh, out to the beach, and they would look for full, intact seashells. And they would bring them back to their little town in the United Kingdom. And they would try to sell them to tourists. And that supplemented their income. The father had a full-time job. But he ended up getting sick. And he ended up dying. So the burden of providing for the rest of the siblings was placed upon Mary Annie. Little old Mary Annie is going to have to go find an abundant amount of seashells. To keep her her family from falling into the depths of poverty. So she took on that responsibility like a big girl. And she continued to look for these seashells. And all of a sudden, one day, she was chipping away at these seashells. And she saw something that she's never seen before protrude, protruding out of a cliffside. And sure enough... It was a big-ass dinosaur. And you can go onto Google and and look at some of the findings that she found. And, man, they were big, huge, and intact dinosaurs that uh, swam in the ocean. Amazing stuff. But the sad part is because back in the day, the woman... The woman had their place, and it was not in the scientific world. Women 
and their puny little brains as they believed to have had back in the day, they they could simply not wrap their minds around how a woman, a feeble woman could discover something. So because she was a woman and they had their place, they were considered second second-rate citizens back in the day, especially a peasant woman such as Mariani. Uh, she had to sell her her findings to a man, and the man took all the credit for it. And the man who took all the credit for it, of course, he gained, you know, some fame from it. He had his name publicized in all of the readings and writings in regards to that find. And he, he received all of the accolades. They're like, hey, good job, guy. Meanwhile, Mary Anning in the back is just out on the beach trying to support herself. She found many, many, many uh, fossils, but she died penniless and in poverty. The story of Mary Anning, y'all. Hey, you know what? Next time you find yourself on Jeopardy and they ask you that question, who is the first female paleontologist? You click that buzzer. Bam, bam. And you say, who is Mary Anning? And you score that that money? You better Venmo me a few shekels. Send me some Bitcoin. Send me some Dogecoin. Whatever. Like, send some money to your old boy, Ruby Rube. Anyways, for today's episode, I know I've already mentioned Mary Anning, but what, what is the nitty-gritty going to be about? Is it going to be about... Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation? No. Am I going to talk about how kangaroos can't hop backwards? No. Or am I going to talk about Einstein's theory of relativity? E equals MC square. No. I am going to talk about my own equation. My own groundbreaking mathematical, scientifically proven equation. And that equation is this. All right, I'm going to give you a moment to take out your pens and your pieces of paper and write this down. Write down this complex math equation. Time plus effort equals gain. All right, I know that was wrapping your mind around that. So here it goes again. Time plus effort equals gains. Now there are going to be some variables sprinkled in here and there to get the the sum of your gain. For example, time. Well, how much time are you putting into developing yourself? A lot of time, a little bit of time, uh, sporadic time, every now and then, diligent. Are you diligent, diligently getting after it? Are you diligently investing in yourself with time plus effort? Well, how much effort are you putting in? Are you just meandering through life? Are you... Trying sometimes, you showing up, you stepping up to the plate, are you digging in 
you have your eye on the ball? Or are you just taking a swing all all lackadaisical like an idiot? Well, that's going to equate to your gain. How much have you gained? Well, I believe in you, and I'm sure you have gained quite a bit. You may have gotten yourself out of debt. Congratulations. You may have lost a few pounds. Right on. But there is a continual striving to incrementally better ourselves every single day that I believe everyone should be doing. And the ones that do do it, hey, they're the ones who are gaining the most. They have the magic of the compounding interest effect working for them where their gains receive gains. Wow. Right? Your gains, you're telling me you can arrive at a place where your gains get you gains? What? That's preposterous. According to Albert Einstein, he says that compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. I wonder what the other seven are. I don't know. I guess that I'll just be left to wonder about them. But as for the eighth wonder of the world, Albert Einstein says it is the magic of compounding, the growth of compounding interest. So you might want to learn about that and how to get that to work on your side. Because according to my equation, time plus effort will get you those gains. Now let's apply that equation into the gym. How much time are you spending in the gym? Let's say let's say you go five days a week for an hour. So that's five hours a week. Hey, great. That's excellent. That is a that's a lot of time in the gym. You will get a a tip of the cap to any gym rat fellow goer who regularly sees you in there. They'd be like, you'll be a regular. A regular gym rat. Alright, so you have those five hours. Now the next part of the equation is effort. Are you just going to the gym and just sitting on the equipment and bugging the hell out of everybody? Are you going to the to the gym with those five hours that have that we've already mentioned and not even breaking a sweat? Well, there, there's that variable. Because you're not putting in much effort. So while you have the time, that is a good amount of time, your effort is lackluster. And you're not really getting after it. So therefore, the sum of your gain is not going to be what you expected. So time plus effort equals your gain. So... You're going to be looking at yourself in the mirror with a delusional mind and think, Hey, I've been going to the gym for five hours a week and I'm standing in front of this mirror butt naked and I still have jelly rolls. Well, my friend, you need to invest more in your effort. So let's change up some of those variables. Let's say you're going to the gym five days a week. For only 30 minutes. Now that's two and a half hours. But you're going five days a week. 
but the but the effort. Oh man, you're, you're you are putting in a Dwayne Johnson effort. You're you're looking like you're sweating as much as The Rock is on one of his Instagram posts because your your effort is a level ten. Now those two and a half hours, that is half half as much as the five hours, but your intensity is 10 times more. So less time, more effort. Oh, hey, according to my equation, my scientific method, you're going to receive some gains. So there's a book by James Clear, one of my favorite artists. And I, there was a moment where I was giving myself credit. I was like, hey, Rube, you're able to understand this complex book. Good job. But then I was like, you know what? It's probably that this author is, has written such a good book that even my dumbass can read it. But, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So I'm going to give myself a little bit more credit. Uh, I'm not as dumb as I think that I am. I have a good head on my shoulders. And I've been able to survive 40 years on this planet without any major catastrophe. That's a blessing. So thank thank you, Lord, for that. So back to the book, Atomic Habits. Now go on to Amazon, and this book is going to have 100,000 five-star ratings. I think that's worth its weight in water. One of the ways that I buy things on Amazon, and you're, you're able to tell, it's tried and true. If you go on Amazon and you purchase a, a random product and it has three stars or one star, you can bet your bottom dollar that that product is going to be crap. But if you go online and it has four and a half to five stars with a few thousand ratings, you can bet your bottom dollar that that is going to be a quality product. Now, this book, when I discovered it, about two years ago, it had 90, 90, plus, 90 plus thousand five-star ratings. So um, I'm pretty confident that more people have discovered it. And I'm going to bet that it has 100,000 five-star reviews on it. So Atomic Habits, that's a great book. I recommend it. Atomic is something little. It's very small, minute. Think of a atomic bomb. Uh, while a atomic bomb is a huge explosion, it is caused by separating the the little elements that make a an atom. I believe you know I'm I'm no freaking nuclear physicist, but I believe that when you separate the the elements from an atom, it creates a huge explosion. Those little things. Those little things. And the title of the book, Atomic Habits. A habit is something that you that you consistently do. It's a habit. You know what a habit is. I don't need to explain it to you. But little habits. You may not be aware of them. Little tiny things. Those can add up for you and make you a better person. Or they can be robbing you of your money, time, and vitality. 
Now, I mentioned this book because the little small daily things that we do can be stifling our growth. And if we invest some time, as it, that is part of the equation that will ultimately get, get you to your gains. If you invest some time to learn about your small daily habits, don't, don't look at the big things. Because those big things, hey, they, they're probably not, they're probably not affecting your life as much as you think that they are, uh, due to the Pareto principle. But you know what? I'm gonna save that for another episode. Because even the Pareto principle, the Matthew effect, says that it's those small things. Twenty percent of what you do produces eighty percent of who you are. But going back to the book. Spending some time to identify the little things that work for you. And then spending some time to investigate all of the little things that add up to work against you. Now, once you identify those things, then you have something called clarity. And now you have identified, you have removed the fog, and you know, with a uncertainty of a doubt of the things that worked for you and the things that worked against you. Now you have those things plotted out, you've written them down, and you can say, hey, I need to do more of this and less of that. So I'm going to invest my time in focusing on the things that work. And I'm going to work on myself diligently and get down on my knees and pray to have the strength to cast aside those things that distract, take away, and stifle my growth. Hey, we're going to add doing those things into the effort. That, that is... That, that, that's a huge effort, being able to sit down and write and identify those those attributes of what works and what doesn't work. We're going to put that in the effort. Because when you can move with purpose and you, you absolutely know what works and what doesn't work, hey, that last part of the equation is going to come into effect and that's where the gains are. So I'm not going to be able to analyze your life. I'm not going to be able to tell you what works because what works for me isn't going to work for you. But there are some universal, universal common laws that affect every single human. And that is showing up every single day and focusing on the things that work. What works for you? Do you do you even know what you do? You sure about that? Maybe you have or you have just been existing. Maybe you have been doing subconsciously what other people have been doing and you've just been following the herd. How do you know that that's what works for you? I don't know. Are you in tune with yourself that much? Do you have yourself figured out that much? I don't know. If you do, great. Then this is uh, this is a course that you are already aware of. But I think that it is even important 
to talk about the things that you do know and hear the things that you do know just so it can reaffirm that you are indeed doing the right thing. And if you are doing the right thing, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back because I'm sure you have some gains. You have you have been doing the right thing and you have been experiencing some compounding growth where your gains are receiving gains. Come on. Now, if you don't know what works for you and if you don't have the strength to stop doing those things once they have been identified, hey, then you have identified a weakness. And that's that's a blessing too. Because you want to identify your weaknesses. We all have them. We all have the weaknesses. Even uh, someone who would be considered to have it all put together, you know, on the outside. Let, let's say, you know, one of the one of the greats. Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or Tom Brady, even them, those those sports athletes, those goats who sit on the 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 Mount Rushmore of goats, even they had flaws in their games and they had things, weaknesses that they identified that they worked on, even at the top. And while we're not trying to be professional basketballs, uh, basketball players, top athletes. There is that noble pursuit of becoming a better person than you currently are right now. Even though, hey, sure, right now, I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you show up every day and do your best. But hey, let's continue, continue to analyze ourselves, to optimize that was a word that I learned from the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. To continually optimize your work week. To optimize means to consistently make better. And how, how can you consistently optimize your life to where you are consistently identifying where you're wasting time? Consistently identifying where you're losing money. Consistently identifying where you're losing your temper. Consistently identifying the superfluous and the unnecessary from the vital and important. So that, that's, how, that's how great achievers get it done. I'm not saying I'm a great achiever, but I'm at least aware and I'm moving in a direction that promotes this stuff. Otherwise, I'd be like the majority of people. The majority of people, obese. The majority of people are in debt. The majority of people do not have any goals. The majority of people do not have daily goals. The majority of people set up these big, lofty, dreams and aspirations and there's a huge gap between their aspirations and their dreams and their practice daily habits you know everyone has a dream to I don't know well I'm not gonna say everyone but there's a lot of people who have a dream to write a book like hey one of these days I'm gonna write a book 
but they never sit down to write a single sentence. That's that is called a gap. You have a gap of where you want to be and where you're at. Now, how do we close that gap for someone who wants to write a book? Well, you're probably going to have to identify a subject first. You're going to have to do, do some brainstorming before you even lay down a single sentence. A lot of people have this lofty goal of wanting a six-pack. But then after work, guess what time it is? It's Miller time. And when they pass by that, that Dunkin' Donuts, you know where they're going to stop. They're stopping by a Dunkin' Donuts before they stop by a, a, a gym. Once again, those six packs of abs and your Dunkin' Donuts habit, that's a gap. That's a gap between your aspirations and your practice daily values. So, hey, let's identify those gaps. To reiterate on this on this subject, the equation time plus effort equals gains. And you know what? I'm gonna copyright that right now because if I if I see a bumper sticker with that equation, I'm gonna be pissed. So that phrase is hereby copyrighted and trademarked by the podcast gathering strength. Checkmate. Until we meet again, it's onward. Always onward.